This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And if you've been with us this past week, as well as yesterday, you know we are continuing a study that we began last week on Psalm 22, a very significant and prophetic portion of Scripture. And as we did last week, as well as yesterday, we want you to keep in mind these two verses as we continue our study of Psalm 22. The first verse is Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Jesus spoke to the disciples and said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And we see and will continue to see in Psalm 22 how Jesus fulfilled the words of the Psalm, which was written approximately 1,000 years by King David before Jesus walked on the earth. The other verse is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Paul's prayer included these words, that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And we pointed out and point out again today that the Greek word for knowledge here is epignosis, a much stronger term than the usual word for knowledge, which is gnosis which infers a deeper participation in the knowledge, and it's a knowledge that influences the one seeking this knowledge. This is revelation knowledge. This is the most incredible and truthful and most powerful knowledge anybody can receive, revelations from above. And in studying Psalm 22, it's a prophetic psalm, and the... Old Covenant and New Covenant are prophetic scriptures because Jesus was and is and is to come even again. And so Psalm 22 is something that we need revelation knowledge and how it applies to our life today. And it's so important because the New Covenant, or known by most the New Testament, is not the beginning of a new religion. It doesn't start in Matthew. It begins 
in Jeremiah 31:31 and Ezekiel 36 20, yeah. 26, I think it starts, but it says that he will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, not as the old covenant where his law was written on stone, but he would give us a new heart and write the law on our heart that we might not sin against him. And it's amazing, Shelley, because he makes our heart pliable, our new heart pliable to agree with him. So I encourage every listener to find that his commandments are not burdensome, but that it's a a revelation joy to know the will of God, epignosis to come into the knowledge of God through revelation and to obey him is better than sacrifice. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. So the psalm begins with probably the most um, well-known verse in the whole psalm where Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And yet that forsaking is only a momentary forsaking because the father cannot commune or look at sin. And Jesus was made sin for us. In fact, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness, the righteousness of God in him but we'll see the progression that takes place in this psalm. And to understand why um, it was a curse for a Jew to die on a tree, according to the Torah. So he became sin. He took that curse off you and me that we would have eternal life and not belong to Satan, but belong to Yeshua, the Holy One of Israel, and he becomes our master. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So Jesus fulfilled so much of what is written by David. In fact, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We see in Matthew 26, verse 47. 40, I'm sorry, Matthew 27, verse 46 where the Lord cried, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, so much of the early part of the psalm is talking about the agony on the cross, the physical condition of his body when he was helpless and powerless. And he described the onlookers in verses 7 and 8, uh, 7 and 8 which was fulfilled in Luke 23, 35 and Matthew 29, 39. And yesterday... We uh, reviewed up through verse 21. So today we want to start with 22. Actually, verse 21 says, God answered him. So reading 22 to 26, we see these words. I will tell of thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise thee. You who fear the Lord, praise him. And all you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you descendants of Israel, 
For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard, From thee comes my my praise in the great assembly. I shall put my I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. Let's go on to verse twenty seven. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before thee. You know, Junie, it says in Isaiah 43, I want to tie that in with what I just read. Uh, In uh, Isaiah 49, verse 5, And now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him in order that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my and my God is my strength. He says, It's too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And we see in Psalm 22 a direct call to Israel. Um, let me get my bearings. Uh, Psalm 22 in verse 23. All you descendants of Jacob glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. But even the apostles, when Jesus was with them, thought the kingdom was a nationalistic thing just for Israel. But look what it says in verse 22. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will worship before thee. This is yet to come, and that's the glory that enabled Jesus to endure on the cross for the joy that was set before him. And it's already here, Shelley, in that Apostle Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. Yes. And Jesus has gone to the nations through uh, the Apostle Paul, who started the outreach to the nations. Yes, Lord. So we see that Isaiah has been fulfilled, and when Jesus returns, then his kingdom, which will be in Jerusalem, will be for the nation Israel to fulfill what was written about Israel. And I think that's really important, Shelley, for you to um, share uh, verse 27, the word return. Right. Very significant because that verse says, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will worship before thee. That's Gentiles. All the families of the Goyim is Gentiles. Turn in Hebrew is a word shuv which also means return, but it also means repent. So we see uh, uh, the glory coming at the end of this age when the nations, as well as Israel, will repent, acknowledge Jesus as the Lord of all, and thus begin in reality and on this earth the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we saw in Jesus' first coming that... It started with John the Baptist saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the word turn means return. So when Jesus returns, it will be 
to show himself to the nation Israel, according to Zechariah, and they will repent. Hallelujah. They will turn and weep and mourn each one apart that for 2,000 years plus they did not see yes. that Jesus was the Son of God or the Messiah. So it's very big. And for any Jewish listener now, if you turn to the Holy One of Israel, Hashem, and ask him, is this true? Does your father have a son? Yes, Lord. Powerful, Junie. And, you know, let me say this as a means of encouragement. In the world, in the midst of a pandemic with chaos ruling so many places, even in this country, we must, we can't ignore what's going on, but we must focus in on the eternal perspective. God is an eternal God. He has given us eternal life. And we need to see that the end of the matter is going to be so much greater than the beginning and so much greater than the way things are now. This is God's promise. What he promises is as good as done. He's not limited by time. So we're going to continue on tomorrow. But in the meantime, we encourage you to read Psalm 22 and see what the Lord would say to you. Father, we thank you, thank Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are a sovereign and a supreme God. Yes, Lord. That you are seated in the heavenly places now, but you rule over this earth. May our hearts rejoice over what is yet to come, the glorious kingdom of God. And we thank you and praise you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.